If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Either way, make sure to use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase. Let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and we're getting philosophical on today's episode of the podcast. I want to address the latest in the Nolan Arenado rumor mill, but I also want to combine that with my most updated feelings about the organization in general, the 2020 team, how I'm starting to feel uh, things are going to play out, some of my biggest concerns, some of my uh, areas that I think are getting more overlooked in the the conversation and then i want to take as many questions as i possibly can from the people who are here alongside us on the lives either on the facebook live or the periscope and i will begin with at denver jw asking your opinion on rosenthal's article dot 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 trash with two uh, three uh, question marks um no i'm not going to say uh, that ken rosenthal who's been one of my favorite baseball writers for a very long time uh, wrote something that is trash. I think it is important to recognize a lot of things inside of what he said, though. There was more hedging of the bets than I think uh, people are recognizing when he said. So the word that people are latching on to, right, for those of you that don't know, 
That's what Rosenthal wrote and then went on television today as of the recording of this and said that a trade of Nolan Arenado is inevitable. And then a few sentences later, he said either by the start of the season or by the trade deadline. Now, that's quite the hedge. And it's important to recognize what that means. And I'll come right out front and say this too. I do stuff like this. We all do stuff like this. You First of all, you have to hedge your bets because it's pro sports and none of us know exactly what's going to happen until it happens, right? And so, yes, I do the opposite of this when I say, you know, yeah, look, it could happen that Nolan Arenado gets traded. If the right deal comes along and Jeff Breidich is overblown by it, he could get traded. I'm not promising anything. I'm not saying there's a 0% chance. And if the Rockies get off to a terrible, terrible start, and this is the exact opposite of the hedge that Ken Rosenthal is making here. I, I've said this many times. If the Rockies get off to a terrible start, that changes the equation. You've never once heard me say on Twitter or on this podcast that there's no chance the Rockies trade him or that even if they're awful in 2020, that doesn't change the equation. In fact, I've said the opposite many times. Again, that's, that's me hedging my bets a bit, saying this can change. And that's the same thing that Rosenthal is doing on the other side. What he's hedging on is the same thing that most Rockies fans are also using to back up. The, the, the people who are either most afraid of this or just believe it's most likely or are more likely to believe the sources or rumors about it is that they don't believe the Rockies are going to compete. And that may well be the case. So it's a safe hedge for Ken Rosenthal to say, look, there's a decent chance the Rockies do have a bad start to the year, and then they got to trade Nolan. So one way or another, I'll be right. It also means that if they don't trade him by the beginning of the season, I'm not wrong. It also means that if the Rockies go the other way and compete and are performing well by the deadline, and rather than move Nolan away, they actually go out and buy People like Rosenthal or whoever else was in on this can come out and say, well, things change, right? Of course, and, and they'll even say this, nobody expected the Rockies to perform this well, so it made sense at the time that, of course, it was inevitable he was going to get traded. But since they've outperformed expectations, that's changed the equation, and now they're not going to. For me, it would be, well, they've done more on, along the lines of what I thought was possible, and that's why they're not going to. And that's why I don't think it's as likely to happen. So... There is just a disagreement here uh, also about the likeliness of the, the team to compete, but that is very different than a concrete bit of information from inside the Rockies' front office suggesting that this is now more likely to happen than it was a week ago. And I've said this many times before, and, and there was one thing that he said today that really turned my eyes crooked. And again, the reason why, as much as I would prefer to just ignore some of this stuff, I have to address it. And it was this, insinu I guess more than an insinuation, that this idea that a source has told him that the Rockies are upset at Nolan Arenado for not coming out and making a public statement saying he doesn't want to be traded. 
And I cannot fathom that that is accurate. Now, I'm not saying that Ken Rosenthal is lying or that his source is lying, not at all. I think that they're probably mistaken. And I do think that the Rockies help create some of this atmosphere by playing everything very close to the vest and not coming out and being a little bit more transparent with the media at times. Though at other times, I feel like they've been very transparent with the media and then they've sort of been kicked around for that. But I do think to some degree, Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort and the Rockies front office have created this atmosphere by, frankly, pissing off a lot of people in the media. At the same time, if your motivation is, I'm pissed off at Jeff Breidich, then you're not being objective. And it is imperative to the job of journalism to be so. And I do think that a lot of this is coming from, well, we're running with this, and if the Rockies really wanted to come out and say it's not going to happen, they could do that. But they know that that's not how they operate. They don't do that. They never have. Um, and that's why this latest rumor is so bizarre. To me, the idea that Jeff Breidich is somewhere wishing that Nolan Arenado would address contract and trade rumors publicly just does not square with literally anything I know about Jeff Breidich and have observed about him over the years. That is not how he operates. And just not liking him doesn't mean that every negative thing you could conceive of him doing is true because he's a bad GM or because you think he's an idiot or whatever. Like this is this would just be extraordinarily out of character for him to one have a leak like that out of his front office, which just does not leak information like this ever. And two, for them to legitimately feel that way when they haven't addressed the media on the thing themselves because their organizational philosophy has typically been that they don't address rumors, ever. The front office, the players, they don't address rumors. Bud Black won't do it. Jeff Breidich won't do it. Any other time, any other rumor, big or small, they, they just don't. And... That's been a big part of this story so far, right? That why doesn't Jeff Breidich just come out and squash the rumors? So if this is true, then yeah, I will come on to this podcast to write the article and say that's extraordinarily hypocritical. First of all, if it's true that they want Nolan Arenado to come out and say something, I just can't imagine that it is. And then if it was true... I really can't imagine that somebody inside the Rockies front office leaked that to a reporter. Somebody here is speculating on what they think might be the case. And they're 
probably getting it from, uh, they're not getting it from inside the Rockies front office. Okay. I will say that. I can't say for sure what the source is, but it's not coming from the people who would know for sure whether or not Breidich wants Nolan Arenado to make an apology. That's, that, that's, hmm. That would be, and, and it look, and it, like I said, if it comes out the other way, here's me doing the hedge. I'll, I'll eat the words. I'll eat this hat. I like this hat. I will eat this hat if it turns out that there really was behind-the-scenes pressure from the front office for Nolan Arenado to make a statement when the front office hasn't made a statement. Uh, that that I mean, that's... Yeah, I've even got Adam here. We disagree about just about everything, right? I've gotten a couple of these, actually. I got um, Mark on Twitter... If you're out there, I think I saw you in the Periscope a, a minute ago. Um, like, I'm with you on that. That's just, that's a stretch. Like I said, it's, if, you, if you're going to be hypercritical of Jeff Breidich, I totally understand. But it's imperative to be objective and consistent with it. And this is not at all consistent with his behavior in any way for him to, to want this. So... With other things, while I've said, hey, I think they're maybe just getting it wrong, I don't buy this. I do not buy. The front office wanted him to make a statement, and I, I would imagine Nolan Arenado is probably a little bit on edge about all of this right now, but I'll also tell you this. If the Rockies get out to an 8-3 and three start to next season, he'll forget all about it. <laughs> like, like, honestly. And if it goes the other way, stuff could get ugly. I'll go. I'll go get into that in just a minute here um okay yeah so i see some of these uh lonely whaler wants to know did we ever get any starting pitching we're we just going to go back to whatever the hell was going on last year um <clears throat> so the rockies did add a couple of guys to the roster jose mujica is the one who really could end up factoring in here a 23 year old who missed most of last year with Tommy John, but he's got some very promising peripherals. But no, other than that, the Rockies at starting pitching mostly are counting on the biggest thing being a bounce back from Kyle Freeland. I think another thing would be a big step forward from Peter Lambert. But I'll also say this, um, things can shake out during spring training and you can still make moves late and you can make trades early. But I think at the very least that, yeah, the Rockies want to take stock of uh, what they've got there. It is going to be different, obviously, no matter what, than what they began last year with because Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson were both in the starting rotation to begin the season, and they're not on the roster currently. Uh, so it's going to be different. Uh, how much you're excited about the potential of the young arms, you, you know, that's going to vary from person to person. But the starting pitching rotation is going to be different in 2020 than it was in 2019. That's for sure. Um, at Wells Bells 232 wants to know, is the mainstream MLB media going after this so hard because of Breidich's theories on rumors and feeding? And, and, and again, I do think that that's a part of it. I at least think, um, okay, let, this leads me into a little bit of the philosophical element of what I wanted to get into here because I think often we talk a lot these days and we should about bias in the media, political media, local media, sports media, whatever it is. And I think sometimes um, people 
think that it means that reporters come out and lie to you. And I consume a lot of media. I, I consume a lot of media that I disagree with. And I don't think these days I consume almost exclusively media that I disagree with over the last three weeks here. But they almost never straight up lie to you. A bias is not necessarily a manifestation of uh, a desire to tell a, a false story or just to get clicks. And I sometimes frame it that way. And I, and I need to be careful with that. Uh, and that we all know that that can be a thing as well. But oftentimes biases arise in media without people necessarily knowing that they're doing it, without knowing that they have them. And I think that's a little bit of what's going on here. I do think the national media is a bit miffed that Jeff Breidich won't, as you put it, Wells Bells, feed the beast a bit more. And subconsciously, they kind of go, well, look, if he's not going to say anything, I don't have to, you know, one way or the other, I can just kind of run with this. I also think the fact that it's been a really slow off season in terms of big blockbustery things happening, certainly compared to last year when they got to talk about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and even, you know, Nolan's contract situation, all this other stuff. So I, I think there are a few factors going on here. And I think that for me, it's just a bit bizarre to see the amount of trust that is given to reporters who've, frankly, never been to Coors Field, at least not since I've been there in the last six years, and not to maybe some of the people who've been doing this just a little bit more up close, uh, a, a little more closer to the beast, as it were, or, or people who would understand the unique situation that the Rockies are in. What would make sense for them to do or even to consider it? And so biases often manifest in that way. Not that they lie to you. It's what they leave out of the story. It's the part they never even bring up because they're, they don't think people are going to go looking for it. I want to get back into that conversation here in just a second. But first, I got to mention that there's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie, and it is your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. And guess what? They're giving the DNVR family a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. That's right. The only place you can find a true Colorado mountain mouth-watering pie is Bojo's, and they're hooking you up with free honey cheese bread. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for natives and people just passing through because it's the best pizza in town. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener and it is to die for. Seriously, putting honey on your pizza will change your life. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. They got large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family. They got a huge salad bar with fresh veggies. They got Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorites, the Breckenridge Brews. 
and they've got your favorite sports team playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your get-togethers, including birthday parties and large business events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations, along with gluten-free and plant-based options. So head to the nearest location, grab an entree and your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR. Check out their site today at bojos.com. That's B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com and tell them who sent you. All right, let's get right back into it. So I was talking before, and sorry for the, the people on the Facebook Live watching me try to get the Periscope going in here, because of course it crashed on me because I'm awesome with all this stuff. But I, I wanted to get back into the the sort of bias of what you leave out and the thing that I mentioned specifically on Twitter today uh, being the CBA. So this is a great example of how you can report something that's uh, accurate, right? Totally true. Every word of, in your story is true, and it kind of implies some things that readers can come to their own conclusions on and still leave out a lot of pertinent information. And that's going on here in a lot of ways. And some of it is stuff we've talked about on the podcast before, including the upcoming CBA negotiations. To totally leave out the fact that, you know, to, to mention Nolan Arenado's opt-out as a part of the conversation, which on some level it should be because that's what's prompting a lot of this to begin with, but then also fail to mention that that opt-out coincides with the next negotiating of the CBA is whether you're doing it on purpose or not, showing a bias, showing that you're less interested in ways that maybe this does work out for the Rockies and you're more interested in just telling the other part of the story because you find that more interesting or because those are the teams who's, who are talking to you about it and Jeff Breidich isn't talking to you about it. So I'm not really going to consider it from his angle because whatever. There's also fewer people out there. You're going to maybe click on the story. So it, it changes the dynamic, right? And that's just one part. So... Why am I so confident that this is built on speculation when we've got these reporters who are very credible now joining the conversation? Not to say that John Morrissey isn't credible when it was just his story, but I did I did make a deal out of it being just one reporter. And now that Rosenthal and, and Jeff Passan and Passan, Passan, I've never known them, now that they've jumped in, it does change the equation. And I agree with, um, I've now lost the spot with, oh, here it is. Caleb, who says, I do trust Ken though. He's a good reporter and he is a good reporter. And he's a good reporter in general across the, the wider scope of Major League Baseball. But he's gotten some big stuff about the Colorado Rockies wrong, including the Nolan Arenado contract situation the first time around he and 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 look i <laughs> i very specifically try to avoid this because i don't like 
media battles. And I don't think, I don't think it will devolve into that. And it really shouldn't because it's not about DNVR versus the athletic. But in my estimation, they really drove the incorrect narrative the first time around that Nolan Arenado was never going to sign a big extension with the Rockies to begin with. And quite famously, Ken Rosenthal got the Trevor Story story in 2018 very wrong, reporting that he had maybe very serious UCL damage and was going to miss the rest of the season. Trevor Story missed three games and was pivotal in helping the Rockies finish 9-1 and one to win 91 games, their second best record ever, and win a wild card game. He scored the, uh, the winning run in that wild card game on the Tony Walters single up the middle. Remember, it was Trevor Story right there. <coughs> Excuse me. So... Again, I don't think they're making things up. I think that they don't care as much about seeing things from the Rockies' side of things. And it's easy for them to leave out important elements of the story, like the CBA, like... Kyle freaking Freeland. I've said this a few times in the offseason, but for people who've joined us throughout or, or coming in a bit new, I really think that everyone who's basing their analysis that the Rockies should trade Nolan Arenado on this idea that they're going to be bad, I think they ought to come out and give us their best Kyle Freeland analysis. I'd like to see it. Because that's a huge component of this whole conversation. And again, to not to not even have a take on that suggests that, like, no, maybe, actually, it's not that they're not doing a certain amount of due diligence. And like I said, the Rockies feed this a little bit because if only one of the two potential teams involved is talking to you, you're likely to kind of roll with their feel and their take on the matter. But there are those of us who spend every day around this team and that's why things like it would raise some eyebrows for anybody here, even the people who have most perpetuated the Nolan story from the beginning, you go, ah, that really doesn't sound like something Jeff Breidich would say or do or feel or think. <laughs> like, like that's of all the things. And in that case like again i i need to be very careful here because it's i don't when we use the word bias a lot of times people interpret that to say oh they don't like the rockies or they're trying to bury the rockies and that's what i'm saying not at all i have never 
in five years seen Ken Rosenthal at Coors Field? Or Jeff Passan, 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 or John Morrissey. And I'm not saying that's the only way to get information. What I'm saying is I have a hard time believing they've cultivated sources here locally that are both in the know and capable of giving them quality, trustworthy information on the state of what Jeff Breidich is thinking. I don't think that that's the type of source that they have. I would be quite shocked as someone who has been around it every day for half a decade. And I'm not saying I've never been shocked in this job, uh, you know, but And I've seen some people comparing it to the the Troy Tulowitzki situation. It's like, that was one of the few times where I really was not shocked despite us having heard the opposite over and over again. I think kind of the writing was on the wall there. But the other thing was it made sense from the Rockies' perspective to trade Troy Tulowitzki. What's happening right now and and here's here's what I'll I'll say on the last like just, just sort of again staying on the philosophical end of it. None of these articles are thinking about from the Rockies' perspective. The underlying premise is either I don't know what they're doing and everything they do doesn't make sense anyway, so anything is plausible. I don't like what they do and and they won't correct the record so I can say whatever or I'm just not going to consider it because they won't play ball with me so I won't play ball with them or because I just don't care that much about the Rockies and I never really watch their games and because it's really easy to assume they're not going to be competitive because for most of their existence they haven't been competitive and most people nationally think of the Rockies as a non-competitive baseball team. It's a, it's a very easy hedge to make, but here's the, the 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 final challenge I will submit to every reader now of this stuff because they're not going to stop writing it. Articles like this will occur in every sport uh, all the time, but read all of the caveats very carefully and recognize why a writer might put in something like that, right? When he says it's inevitable he gets traded either before the season or by the deadline. Oh, okay. By the deadline and before the season are two very, very different things. And a lot can change between now and the deadline. It's like the 50-50 thing. It's the same thing I I mentioned there. When things are binary, you come out and tell me there's a 50-50 chance something happens. You haven't really given me any information. You haven't gauged. That's an ultimate bet hedging idea. Just coming out and saying, well... 50-50 chance. Same thing here with, well, it's inevitable uh, maybe by this date and things can change between now and then. Well, so it's not inevitable. 
someone told me it was inevitable, they feel like this is going to happen. Well, that person can just be flat wrong. It's speculation on another person's speculation. And yes, Jeff Breidich could come right out and put an end to all of it by saying, no, we're not going to trade Nolan Arenado. But I, I realize I haven't done a great job of explaining why I don't think he's doing that. One, I've met, I, all I've really said is it's, it's not how they operate, which is true, and it's always been true. And I think you got to be sort of consistent. You start making exceptions for your star player. The rest of the guys in the organization go, oh, so w- when there's rumors that I might get traded, why don't you come out and say we're not trading him? Now, most guys understand there's a difference between the star player and the rest of the team. There just is. About 240 million of them. But but I think it's it's a solid policy to have, except maybe in situations like this. But there are other avenues here that I think are at play. And I do think that it's wise. I don't think calming down a media storm, especially if you have no intention of trading Nolan, matters that much if you've reached out to him. And I'd be very curious to see if Jeff Breidich has reached out to Nolan Arenado and said, hey, look, here's what's going on. And even if it isn't, you know, hey, we're not trading you, but hey, some teams have called, you know, we've listened in on some offers. None of them have really been that intriguing. But, you know, you and I both know the business is what it is. Uh, So... You know, just wanted to let you know that right now, man, we're, we're, we're going to see you at spring training. You're going to be there. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm just listening in. Because what I suspect, and I will use that word, suspect Jeff Breidich is doing here. I'm explaining it right after I tell you about our friends at Mile High Green Cross. We've got Cannabis Cup award-winning products. You can head to their website, mention the DNVR family. You'll get $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Just mention this ad. They offer a variety of CBD products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products such as $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals. $5 or five cartridges for $100, excuse me. Um, Also, no cash, no problem. They accept hyper and you only spend nine minutes in the place on average. It's super convenient. They've got parking in the back located on 9th and Broadway. So head downtown. Remember to mention this ad. Receive $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. I want to tell you about what I think Jeff Breidich is doing here, but first I do want to answer a couple of these questions. Um, at NXN8RX says Davis Shaw and McGee pitching for their next contract. I do think, again, that's another thing that's getting overlooked a lot. It's really easy to point to terrible numbers and say, well, these guys suck. Uh, but we all know it, 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 this happens across all professional sports. You're on the final year of your deal. You're going to get a guy's best. And yeah, I do think that one of those players is probably going to have a pretty decent year trying to get uh, that next contract out. Um, Trawartha Sean, (coughs) excuse me, says, why does everyone assume Nolan will opt out? 
money and security will still be too good to pass up. And, and again, this is something that I think there, there's just a lot of projection on people's parts. And they, they think that, um, you know, one, my favorite one is this happens again in all sports. And we talked about this on the Denver Sports Podcast. I hope you, you guys are all subscribed to that. But thinking guys want to go play for their hometown team and nobody ever does it like it happens like five percent of the time but we always speculate that guys who are from an area are gonna want to go back there and play and it's something and it's something that all of us feel like we would maybe want to do it makes sense to us one thing i try to remind people of semi-regularly and, and it's it's too bad because i have to go kind of two different ways on it one these guys are they're, they're normal human beings right they're they're not video game characters, characters in a TV, and, and there's lots of very human things that happen with them. But two, they're also, they also live very, very different lives from most of the rest of us. And they do have different sets of priorities. And, and all of them have, uh, back to the other side of the being human, completely different ones. And so here's something that's not probably being considered when people are writing articles about why it makes sense for them that Nolan Arenado would want to opt out. They probably have no concept of his relationship with David Dahl, Trevor Story, or Kyle Freeland, and they're not really thinking about that. And Because to them, it might not be a factor. To Nolan, it might be the biggest factor. It also might not be much of a factor. Maybe it's the biggest factor right now, but in two years, it goes, hey, look, I love those guys, but the New York Yankees just offered me $50 million a year to play third base, so I'm going to go do that for a while. It, priorities change. I had, you know, I get a little biographical here. A year from now, if you'd have told me I'd be in serious consideration for finding and potentially buying a new house to live in and moving into downtown Denver, I would have told you you're crazy absolutely nuts. No way. But that's my reality today. That Things change. And sometimes things change way quicker than you think they're going to. People are human. Um, Team Justin Long brings up Adam Adovino ended up at home and so did Cole. But see, that's going home when it's New York is also the easiest. Thing. Like any other play, give me any other. When you can go home, but that team is also by far the most dominant in the history of your sport and has by far the most amount of money to spend, it's a lot easier. But you're right. Going home to New York City, it's kind of like when people give Derek Jeter credit for staying a Yankee. It's like he played his whole career with one team. Like, brah. What's going on? <laughs> of course he played his whole career with one team. <laughs> what are you talking about here? Um, but so so people will say, um, uh, as as Team Justin Long points out here, you know Nolan just wants to win in general. Don't think it has to be here. That's who he is. I, and this is what I think gets mixed up in this conversation a lot. That is correct. There are also other things that are correct, um, including that he does like it here, that he likes his teammates here, and that he's not likely to given relatively even situations, think that a team that's maybe hot right now and has a better chance to win? Like, who has a, who are the teams that perennially compete? 
Like that's that gets left out of the conversation as well. He wants to go somewhere he can win all the time. Well, that's like five teams. That really narrows it down. There aren't 10 to 12 teams in Bay. It doesn't work that way. There's not enough postseason spots for everybody. So is he going to go to the Chicago White Sox because they're building right now and he thinks for the next, for the rest of his career, he'll be getting to the postseason every year with the Chicago White Sox more than he can see that with the Colorado Rockies? I don't think so. And there's a lot of other teams that are in that. Most teams in baseball are right in that camp. The only teams who are always there are the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, maybe the Cubs, but they're kind of tearing down right now too. I also don't think that also guys want to live in certain places. I don't think Nolan Arenado wants to live in the Midwest. I think he wants to live in Colorado, LA, or New York. And I think that that matters too. And I think when you look at the options for baseball teams there, it starts to get pretty slim. My contention all along has essentially been this, if you boil it down to its essence. The Goldilocks zone, right? We all understand what that means, right? It's like for everything to come together and be just right for Nolan Arenado to leave Colorado, is very small. It exists. It's there. And what's happening is a lot of people are looking in at the situation the Rockies are currently in with no knowledge of Kyle Freeland or Jairo Diaz or Carlos Estevez or Ryan McMahon or lots of other stuff and reaching the conclusion that actually that Goldilocks zone for which it would make sense for Nolan to leave is much larger. You can also see this by the way it's being painted, not how could the Rockies get some prospects that would rebuild those team, what kind of prospects would those be? There was one article that really blew my mind. It was like a right-handed center fielder or first baseman. I was like, you trade Nolan Arenado and don't get pitching, you might as well just fire yourself. Um, but like, that would be ridiculous. That would be an insane thing to do. I can't imagine again, that that would be the case. That's look at the trade with Tulo. What did he get? All pitchers. Um, <laughs> again, it's just not consistent. Um, but they're not looking in at that. And so they go, oh, well, maybe that Goldilocks zone is actually pretty big. And if it makes sense for Nolan to leave, and then they see the opt-out, which adds to their Goldilocks zone, gets bigger and bigger. And they go, oh, now the Rockies are in a tight spot. They, they keep saying, they're more likely to mention that Nolan's contract is prohibitive than that he's one of the best players in baseball and that he should net a huge prospect haul. And that's a reason why the Rockies might want to consider it. Again, they show you the perspective they are considering the trade from when they say things like, yeah, but teams got to be careful. It's a pretty big contract if they're going to be looking into acquiring Nolan Arenado. Yeah, that's the part you want to mention. You don't. There, there's no room to talk about the CBA and some of these other important factors, but you've got 
you've got that time to make that particular hedge. So again, I think it's worth just keeping everything in the larger context and recognizing that there is plenty of incentive here. <sighs> okay, I'll do this. I'll do this and then I'll sign off and then I'll hope I don't get in any trouble. Um, I had mentioned a few podcasts ago, I gave a, a very generic, sometimes X, Y, and Z happen. Um, but here, <laughs> here's what I'll say. Be leery of any time there are free agents set to make big money at the same position as someone else when there's trade rumors. I, you know, I'm just going to leave it there. But think about whose sources are. Remember what I've said about how the Rockies front office doesn't talk to reporters very often. They certainly don't talk to national reporters who don't come down and see their team play every day. If the Rockies were testing the water for actually being the instigators of a Nolan Arenado trade, they'd leak it through Thomas Harding. Okay? Like, and or Patrick Saunders. Maybe one day me. And they would control that story. But here's what I think Jeff Breidich is doing. I promised you this and, the, and then I'll sign off. I, I almost skipped that. I, I made a big promise here. You got to know what's out there. This thing could go the other way. The Rockies could be in a bad spot or they could be in a good spot. Imagine this scenario. Teams have been calling. I'm Jeff Breidich now, okay? Teams have been calling me saying, hey, you know, I heard you might be trading Nolan Arenado because I've got the internet. So I'm going to offer you this pitcher and I'm going to take half his contract and I'm going to offer you this kind of B-minus level position player, right-handed outfielder. Why not? Sure. Throw it out there. Um, And I go, you know, I'm not... Not sure that pitcher is the guy I like the most. Half the contract, I'd really prefer if you're going to take him, take the whole thing. I, I don't want to be paying Nolan Arenado to play against me. But okay, interesting. So those are some of the guys you're interested in moving. Now, months later, one of two things happened. My ball club playing terrible. Kyle Freeland's still struggling. Wade Davis is awful. The bullpen is a mess. McMahon and Dahl have not taken steps forward. Story and Notto are doing their thing, but that's it. Right now, Notto needs to still continue to be doing his thing. If he's playing like crap, I can't trade him, right? Unlikely, but still. But let's let's assume the whole team is playing bad. Everyone sucks but Nolan, and we're just terrible, right? I call that GM back, and I say, hey, you remember when you said pitcher guy and half the contract and the prospect. 
Why don't you throw me another prop? Let, let, let's, let's really get into this now. Now I'm going to start playing ball with you. Now I'm going to tell you what I really want on my end. And, and maybe I can we can make a deal out. Throw in another pitcher. Give me the pitcher up from there. And now we're negotiating, and I'm and I'm in on it because I'm starting to recognize I, I do have to trade Nolan, and I'm not starting from ground zero, right? Because this this may come up. It may make sense if it does turn out that the team is completely falling apart. I just don't think it is. But if it is, you got to be ready for that. So okay. You're not starting at ground zero in that instance because apparently everyone in baseball has already called and told them and given them some idea of what they'd be willing to give up for Nolan. So they knew who's got the best stuff, who's got the stuff they don't even really have to consider, you know, who they can work. But let's say it goes the other way. Let's say this happens. Let's say the Rockies are playing mostly pretty well. And their normal good players are playing good. Nolan, Trevor, throw Charlie in there. The defense is same year. Let's just give Charlie the same year. His defense is awful, but he's raking. Because guess what? That guy can hit. The pitching is relatively steady. Let's put the team at six games above 500 in May, like they were in 2019. And I go, again... I'm playing Jeff Breidich. And I call that team. And I said, you remember when you offered me pitcher guy and half the contract and B-level prospect for Nolan? Why don't you keep B-level prospect? Why don't you give me pitcher guy and half the contract? I'll give you Charlie Blackman. Because right now we need the pitching. Uh, McMahon and Dahl are, are hitting the way I like. Hampson has solidified himself. Whatever combo we've got going behind the plate, turns out it's, it's serviceable. So the hitting is... But maybe Hilliard has taken off, and so I don't I don't need Blackman as much as I need these other guys. But remember when you were floating some stuff for Nolan? Well, I'll take half of what you floated if you take Charlie and most of his contract. Or maybe Daniel Murphy is raking the way he really should be. Mile High Batman said, Pitcher Guy had a great war last year. Great war for Pitcher Guy. But this is why you don't just come out and say, hey, everyone in baseball, stop calling and offering me stuff. I don't, to, to, and, and I don't think that calming down the fan base is a higher priority than making sure you've got all your options on the table. And Jeff Breidich is getting a ton of information right now. They're calling him, and and this can and and here's what I think. I think this season goes one of two ways. I do not think the Colorado Rockies will be mediocre in 2020. They'll either get right back into the wild card picture, be a pretty darn good baseball team, challenge for maybe 90 wins, or it's gonna go the other way because, especially if they start bad, I do think there will be a fire sale. I don't think it'll necessarily be Nolan. It could be Charlie Daniel Murphy and all the guys who were pitching well at the time. It could be Nolan. It could make more sense. But right now they're just gathering all this information on what it makes sense that they could get if they do have to rebuild their club for the future. At this point right now, 
it would make more sense to build around Trevor's story. And I do think that's part of why this stuff has continued to linger because, and this is again, something you're not going to read in the national reports. What if Ryan McMahon really starts to rake and it just clicks for him? Now, all of a sudden, you really don't need Nolan Arenado quite as much as you think you do. And if some team has offered you their three best pitchers and you've already got Arenado's successor at third, especially if Rodgers and Hampson are doing their thing, but this is again why my contention has always been, let the season play out. Learn what you've got in Hampson, Rodgers, McMahon, Freeland, the entire bullpen. <laughs> and so, um, thank you, Adam. I'm, I'm glad that, that you found this take to be helpful. Now, now, let me say again, I am speculating. I have no inside information, but this is what he should be doing. It, this, this, in my mind, is what Jeff Breidich has actually always kind of been good at. He doesn't always make the final result, you know, correct move. I think his trades have been pretty darn good, actually, because he he gets information from these other GMs. And I think this is part of why other GMs in baseball aren't really great fans of Jeff Breidich, because he doesn't give, kind of like with the media, he doesn't give away much. He doesn't blink very often. He rarely gives you an indication of what it is he's trying to do. Because in his mind, the more not secretive, but the more he knows about what his next move is going to be that you don't, the more he's at an advantage. And if you dangle Nolan Arenado so that every team in baseball contacts you and lets you know what prospects in their organization they would consider trading for a star player, but then a couple of months from now, you figure, well, maybe not Nolan, but maybe... Maybe all the outfielders are playing awesome and somebody really wants David Dahl and you've got a baseline for, okay, he's a star player now. So give me that star player deal that you offered. I already know what you think a star level deal is worth. You, you In December and January, we're calling me and offering it for Nolan. But we're competing now, so sorry, I'm not going to trade Nolan. How about you do it for a guy who it's turned out is having a great season, but at a position where we've got access. More information is always better to have. And I know it's frustrating to fans that he won't just come out and say, hey, we're not going to trade Nolan Arenado. But like I said, if he says, hey, we're not going to trade Nolan Arenado, people stop calling and offering you good players. And at some point you could spin any one of those conversations into a deal that helps you win baseball games. And while I know fans are dubious of his ability to do that, to build a team that wins baseball games, I will say this, it's his number one priority. I have no, I have zero doubt about that. And I'll also say this, and this is a big reason why I doubt a lot of the specificity of the rumors as well. If Jeff Breidich trades Nolan Arenado, it will only be because he thinks it's something that can make the team almost immediately better. Not because he's stuck, not because he's afraid of losing him for nothing with the opt-out. 
none of that, not because they don't want to pay him, not to quote unquote rebuild the farm system. It'll be for guys who can help them compete and build around Trevor Story, David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, John Gray, Harmen Marquez. They're not, they are not punting on this version of the team. Even if they do make a blockbuster move of trading Nolan Arenado, it will not be as part of a rebuild unless they're doing it at the trade deadline after things have completely fallen apart in 2020. In which case it would make sense to trade him and Charlie and pretty much anybody making any money and then give all that money to Trevor Story try to build from there. So, um, well, and, oh, and I didn't even get into the other question I was asked. I'll do that on the next podcast because I need to do another podcast. But uh, my guy, Matt, coming in saying, I think Monfort is fueling it. Uh, he said ticket sales set budget and he sees a decline in sales for 2020. I didn't remember him making that particular comment. I guess I'll have to go and find that specifically, but I don't think there will be. I mean, it depends on whether or not the team is competitive. It really does. People will come out. I mean, I think I think it'll basically be what it was. At the beginning of the year, it'll be light, but they got to get off to a good start. They really have to get off to a good start in 2020 or, or this thing could go the other way. As I said earlier, they start 3-12 and 12 again. The clubhouse could fall apart. The pressure will ratchet up. The, the, things could get ugly in a hurry. And I've never once denied that as a possibility. And then, you know, people will look back and say, Jeff Breidich created this. And because they started bad and then he had to trade Nolan Arenado. And there will be a lot of people really unhappy with that. And there are a lot of people saying, I told you so at me. And to some degree, they'll have every right to say that, even though I've never really said that this won't happen. I've simply said it's not going to happen in the offseason. And I think there's I just think there's a decent chance the Rockies are at least all right early on. And there's a long way to go on this thing. Uh, The bit I was mentioning a moment moment ago that, I mean, I got to wrap this one up, but there there was a question that I'm going to start the next podcast off with talking about next off season, which is another element of the story that when you read a national article about the tough spot that the Rockies are in and the opt out being where it is, there's like a year gap again, bias in media. It's not about what they say. It's about what they leave out. Across, again, in political media, your local journalism, everywhere. Bias in media is not about what is said. It's about what is not said. And leaving out the fact that the Rockies have, after this year, all their worst contracts coming off the books, except Desmond's, which just gets cut in half. So it more or less kind of comes off the books. And a new TV deal kicking in. Like, as I've said many, many times before, that at least has to be a part of the conversation. When you leave that out, you show a bias. That you haven't even considered that the Rockies, even if they have a terrible 2020, could end up in a spot where they have a huge offseason before 2021, They bounce right back and they're awesome. And then again, Nolan isn't even considering the opt-out. 
or maybe it goes the other way. But there, again, there's so much to think about. And when you're not used to thinking about things from the Rockies' perspective, you tend to leave out some important possible factors. Uh, but I'll, I'll dive into that with specifics on the next podcast about what the Rockies could do, even if 2020 is terrible, to turn the franchise around quickly because of the unique spot that they'll be in, uh, largely thanks to the way they've grown their young players through the farm system. And, you know, then they'll just be in a spot where they, they'll need to figure out once more if, how, and why they should play in free agency. So we'll talk about all of that on the next podcast. Just want to say thanks to everyone who came by on the Facebook and the Periscope today. Lots of comments, lots of viewers. I really appreciate it. You are the wind beneath my wings. Make sure you're following us on social media at DNVR underscore Rockies, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook or whatever podcast app you happen to be using out there. Make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com and you've headed over to dnvrlocker.com to find some cool swag. Continue to be absolutely awesome. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America. To everyone because it is a fantastic product it delivers it does what it says it's going to do and it's amazing put your body back in balance with Strava craft coffee and see how good you feel order online today and use promo code BSN 2018 for 20% off that's BSN 2018